Becky Hammond. Um, I'm telling you, I, I really, I, I like this girl. I really do. Um, Becky Hammond gets it. And I appreciate her actions and I appreciate her words. So Becky Hammond was passed for a job. Um, and she came out and said, look, I don't want to be hired because I'm a female. I want to be hired because I'm the most qualified. I want to be hired because I'm the best person for this position. Unfortunately, in society today, we live in a time where, um, and this whole, this whole episode is about intersectionality and all that. We, but we live in a time where it's a diversity narrative, a, a inclusiveness narrative, an inclusion narrative, a woke narrative, a, 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 a oppression narrative. It's like, okay, well, who is more oppressed? Um, what I like here about Becky Hammond is she says, look, it's not because they're sexist. It's because they wanted someone who's right for their position. They wanted someone who was right for them. While everyone was rooting for her to become the first female head coach in NBA history, Becky Hammond said she always knew where she stood in the Portland Trailblazers search and that's totally fine with her. I knew I was second. I knew who they wanted, Hammond told CNBC of the search. Uh, quote, and I'm okay with that because every race I've gotten into my entire life, I've been behind. And I'm okay with that. And that's just how it is. But at the same time, I'm not ignorant to what I'm going up against. Hammond said she felt the Blazers were, quote, authentic in their coaching search. The San Antonio Spurs assistant coach spoke to CNBC about her experience being considered the Blazers' uh, head coach and why she's ready for a more prominent role in the league, and why she never pretended she was the favorite heading into the interviews with the team. I'm not mad, Hammond said. This is the business, and it's a very competitive business. But at the end of the day, throw everything out the window. If you want to hire me, you'll find a reason to hire me. If you don't want to hire me, you'll find that reason too. And that's just that. Thank you, Becky Hammond. Thank that is what it's about. It's about look, if if you are going to be hired, they're gonna find a reason to hire you. If they're not going to hire you, then there's they'll find a reason for that too. But see, she didn't come out and pull the card of, oh, see, see, you know, the NBA, the NBA sexes, it's, it's, it's the patriarchy at work again. They're, they're, they're pulling the strings. It, it's these, it's these, it's these men who we don't know where their meetings are held, but it's, it's the patriarchy and it's, it's, it's them. And, and they're the ones who are blocking me from, from breaking that quote unquote glass ceiling. She didn't play the victim here. She just said, look, I wasn't the one for the job. And she's saying, look, I don't want to be remembered as the, here's the problem. Look at the last election. What happened when Elizabeth Warren dropped out? Oh, well, I I guess, I guess women will never be president. I guess America's still sexist. I guess the patriarchy is still at, is still at work. The patriarchy is still in control. And so what happens? Well, Joe Biden comes out and says, hmm. So that way, that way I can seem more woke and so I can seem more in touch and not sexist and not racist. Um, I'm going to go ahead and promise right now. I'm going to go ahead and promise right now that I will pick a woman. Why? Well, I mean, because, because I, 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 you know, well, 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 because, 
because I want to show that I'm not sexist. If if you were if you were talking to his brain, not Joe Biden himself, but his actual brain and the people who are handling him, they want to say, okay, we want to show that he's woke. We want to show that he's not sexist. Sexist. What you have to look at is say, okay, is who's the best person for the job? Biden came out and said, well, I promised to pick a woman. So you have now eliminated half, actually more than half of the potential. Um, you have eliminated more than half of the potential candidates for the job because you've sworn pick a woman. No Beto, no Yang, no de Blasio, no Castro, no Bloomberg, n- none, none of that. He said, I, 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 no men. I'm going to make sure I pick a woman. I have to pick a woman. I promise to pick a woman. Becky Hammond is, has the right mindset and says, look, it's not about whether I'm the first woman. It's about am I qualified for the job? I think it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think it was him. Um, and he was asked about uh, what he thought about uh, gay men playing in, playing in the league. And this was before uh, Kareem was, you know, woke and uh, uh, bigoted towards conservatives. Um, but what he what he said was, he said, "Look, the only question I have, I, I believe I believe it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If it's not, I'll, I'll I, I apologize, and I will get the I'll, I'll I'll find the source." But he was asked that question, and he said, "Look, the only question I have for them is, can you play?" Can you play the game? Can you play basketball? I don't care if you're black, green, yellow, red, orange. The question is, can you play? Ultimately, that's what matters. Can you do the job? The question isn't, isn't about, well, let's see, how, how diverse can we show? How, how diverse can we be? How, 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 how can we, how much can we show our wokeness what how how can we show that we are way ahead of the times how how can we show those things and let me just let me let me be clear i do think that there are um i do think that there are benefits to diversity i i i will say that i don't think it's completely garbage but when you make diversity the number one the number one priority when you make diversity the number one goal and you care less you know competence is not as important you're going to suffer. I say this when I'm talking about businesses or specifically the WNBA. The problem with the WNBA is, or one, one of their main three problems, the WNBA says, look, we are a league, we're a basketball league for women, but we're all about activism. Here's the problem with the WNBA. Are you going to be primarily a women's basketball league and focus on good basketball and making the product as good as it can be, making the basketball as good as it can be? Or is your primary focus going to be wokeness, activism, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, I can't breathe, take a knee, America's horrible. Whichever side you, you can only have one thing as your goal. You can have other goals, but when you prioritize, something has to be at the top. And what is going to be at the top? That's the question. And the problem is the WNBA has made activism 
number one. Instead of making basketball number one. So here, Becky Hammond is saying, look, I want the job. I was excited for the job, but, you know, I just I just wasn't the right pick. This is the mentality, not just women, but all people need to have. Don't pull the blank card. Don't pull the black card. Don't pull the Arab card. Don't pull the, you know, the, 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 the woman card. Don't pull the, the gay card. Don't pull those cards. The question is, can I do the job? What can what could I have done to put myself in a better position? That's the question that needs to be asked. Oh well, oh I I, I didn't get the, I didn't get the Trailblazers head coaching job. I, I I guess I mean I I guess they're I guess they're sexist. I mean I mean what what other explanation could there be? That's what they do. Listen to this. This is the best. This is the absolute best right here. Where is it? I'm not mad. This is the business, and it's a very competitive business. That right there, it is it is a competitive business. The NBA is the best league in the world. To have any job in the NBA, it's competitive. You have to work for it. Those people that you see cleaning the floors, there's a competition for those jobs. Because they, I think they make like 80, I think they can make like 80 grand. Like they can make a good amount of money. Every single one of those jobs is coveted. Every single one of those jobs is, there's a competition for the job. She didn't pull the female card. She didn't pull the patriarchy card. She said, look, they didn't want me. I wasn't I wasn't the right person for the position. Thank you, Becky Hammond. Kudos to you. Okay. I haven't really talked about this Rachel Nichols and uh Maria Taylor stuff, but let me just go on and talk about that now, since we're talking about intersectionality. Um let's read this thing. Earlier this week. Year old, uh, year old audio uh, was leaked from a private conversation of ESPN's Rachel Nichols, where she implied her colleague Mary Taylor was handed the NBA Finals hosting job because she is black. Since the bombshell clip was released, three involved parties have received varying levels of blame from conflicting critics. ESPN for allowing the audio to be leaked, Nichols for making the comment, and Taylor because she's in a contract dispute with the worldwide leader. But Outkick founder Clay Travis joined Brian Kilmeade on Fox News Radio Friday and offered his own reason behind the ESPN controversy, Donald Trump no longer being president. Quote, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. Nichols was recorded saying last July, if you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy long-time record on diversity, which by the way, I myself know personally from the female side of it, like go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it for me and take and taking my thing away. The diversity controversy with ESPN casts a shadow over the NBA Finals, which tipped off Tuesday night between uh, uh, the Suns and the Bucks. Quote, this to me is indicative of what can happen if you're inside of any company that has a diversity and inclusion narrative, Travis told Kilmeade. 
quote, and you try to be the woke white person who is an ally, as we're all taught, that should happen in this anti-racist ideology. Listen to this. This this is the most important part right here. Quote, this is what happens as of as a result of Donald Trump not being president. Uh, because instead of having the great Satan, as left wing has decided to as left wing has decided to ally themselves, ultimately these identities start fighting. When you have two different victim-based identities, who's the bigger victim? Is it the white woman or the black woman? And he is spot on. The left has subscribed to wokeness. They've they've subscribed to diversity at all costs. They've subscribed to intersectionality. And so what do they do? They have to say, okay, well, who's the bigger victim here? Remember, remember, like, way back when, it wasn't even that long ago, where, where women were, you know, kind of, like, seen as the ones who were, like, really oppressed, and it's like, oh, it's, it's all about feminism, and making sure women are safe, and making sure women have equal opportunity, and making sure that women are, you know, women, that women's spaces are taken care of. Now, they say, hmm, there is this rise in transgenderism, and, um, uh, you know, there's less of them, and they're more oppressed. And so, when it comes to women's sports, we have to let the trans, the, the, the biological males who identify as females, we have to let them compete in women's sports in the name of intersectionality because they, in our mindset, are more oppressed than women are. And so, because they're more oppressed, we have to let them in. And we have to sacrifice the spaces of women for these men. It's a shame. It's an absolute shame. This is what happens. When you go based off, well, who's who's the bigger victim? You're always going to be in search for a new and more, new and better victim. That's why all these these different genders come up. That's why all these different terms come up where they say well well i'm not i'm not trans i'm 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 uh, i'm 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 gender fluid i'm i i identify as a fox i identify as as an elephant i identify as a as a a a a a an a, a, a pixie i identify as all of all of these things and they try to say okay well no one is like me so i'm special so you have no one like me, so I should get the position. I should be the I should be seen as the victim here. I should receive the sympathy. I should receive the empathy. I should receive the interviews because of me being the bigger victim. And this is what happens. Listen, uh, this to me is indicative of, of what can happen when you're inside of any company that has a diversity and inclusion narrative. He's spot on. When you subscribe to that narrative, when you say, when you say, okay, diversity is our primary goal. What matters is diversity. That's, that's our number one thing. Everything else is going to suffer. And once you, and here's the thing. Once you go down that road, it's like, um, it's like in Aladdin where where the 
the I, I'm not it's not it's not the Sphinx, but you know, the lion that comes out of the sand. And he says only one may enter. And if it's the wrong person who enters, you know, it just the, the sand just collapses. That's pretty much what it's like. Once they subscribe to this diversity and inclusion narrative, they can't backtrack. They have to keep going down the road. They have to keep finding, okay, well, who's the, who's the bigger victim here? Who's, 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 who, who's, who's bigger? That's why they go with identity politics. They love identity politics. That's what they do. Remember with Jacob Blake? The guy who was accused of digitally, digitally raping uh, a girl, a woman. She calls the police and says, hey, that guy that I told you about that I got the restraining order for, the one we just talked about, yeah, he's here right now. The police say, great, ma'am, we're on our way, stay safe, we're getting there as fast as possible. They get there, the whole incident takes place, and what happens? Who's who's the victim? Well, at the time, you have the whole summer of love, you have the whole Black Lives Matter. Oh, police who are the slave catchers, police who are the bastards, police who are the pigs, shoot black men just because they're black and because they're seen as dangerous. So they say the victim here, the victim of the summer, the victim of the season, this season's victim is the black man. Mostly blacks, but we're talking about men because, you know, George Floyd just happened in May. And so what happens? That woman who was violated, that woman who was in danger, that woman whose safety was at risk, she was put on the back burner. It's like, oh, no one cares about you, lady. When they, j- they just had Me Too, folks. I don't know if you remember that. And like, you know, it wasn't exactly 2,000 years ago. But remember Me Too? Remember that whole movement? Here you have, here you have a case of a woman saying, he digitally raped me. He's hurting me. He's harassing me. He's breaking the, the, the restraining order. He's doing what he's not supposed to be doing and he's bringing harm. Um, lady, that, 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 that's all well and good. Um, we, we don't care. The media didn't care. Why? Because they said, well, the bigger victim is uh, the one that we the one that we crown the victim. It's 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 the Jacob Blake. It's the one who comes out, and he's like, "Oh man, you know, don't don't waste your life. You know, now that I'm paralyzed, and now that I was, you know, you know, you know, I'm in. You know, I did indeed have a knife, and I was stupid. And they said not to drop the knife, and I I should have just complied, and I should have just gone with it. Um, but now that I'm paralyzed, now I have all these regrets. And then you have the amazing great Kamala Harris come and say. Jacob Blake, I am proud of you. You're proud of the rapist? Just a little bit ago, Kamala, you were you were you were looking at at Kavanaugh and saying that that he's a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad human being. Where there was no evidence against the man, and then here where where we actually do have evidence of Jacob Blake harming a woman, it's like you're you're proud of that guy. Why? Because He's been labeled as the victim of the season. Victim of the day, victim of the week. Say his name. They, they, Jacob Blake. I mean, look at what happened to him. You know, it, 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 and it's really, it's really, really amazing. 
Because here's the thing. As I said, once they choose to go down this path, they can't go back. Even after Jacob Blake admitted, Jacob Blake actually was honest and said, yes, I had a knife. These media outlets who said, no, 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 he, he didn't have a knife. Be before all that investigation was done, they said, no, he didn't have a knife. Even after, even after he admitted to having a knife, they, they still said, no, he didn't have a knife. He didn't have a knife because what, because here's what happens. If they say, well, he did have a knife, then he's no longer the, he's, he's no longer seen as a victim, but we, we've, we've, we've crowned him and we've painted him as a victim. So we, we, we can't, we can't backtrack on that. It's the same thing with George Floyd. They, they kept on changing the narrative when it came to George Floyd. Oh, George Floyd. He was, he was a tremendous human being. Uh, no, he wasn't. George Floyd, he was, he was, he was, his, he was going clean and he was getting, he was getting away from drugs. Uh, he had level, he had, he had fatal levels of fentanyl in his system during his time of death. Oh, well, well, he was, he was turning his life around. You know, he, he, he was a criminal and the, the things he did weren't, weren't really that bad, but you know, he, he's turning his life around and, 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 and he was, he was turning over a new leaf. He was committing crimes that day. He, he, his drug dealer was in the car with him. He, he stole some cigarettes. He gave fake currency to the young man. I can't think of his name right now. He gave fake currency to the young man. Young man let it go. And then he thought about it. He's like, mm, if I take this fake 20, the 20, the real 20 is going to come out of my check. Mm, okay. Let me, let me just, let me just be like, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Floyd, uh, excuse me, I, I'm sorry to bother you, but, um, hey, um, the, the, the this 20 you gave me, it's, it's not real. Could you give me like some other form of, you know, you know, valid payment? Could you, you know, give me, you know, cat, you know, legitimate cash? Could you give me a real card that's yours? Or you could just, you know, give the cigarettes back. And George Floyd says no. Goes outside, um, and the young man gives him an, 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 another chance to make it right. Another chance. Sir, please, they're going to take the $20 bills out of my check. Can you please either just give me back? The, I, I don't even, I don't want to call the police. Can you, can you just give me back either the 20? Can you give me back the cigarettes? Or can you just give me real money for the cigarettes? Please. No, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do that. He had the right opportunity. Then, then the media focused on that nine minute video, which, by the way, it's hard to look at. It is not easy to watch. But they don't show you the rest of everything. The video had to be leaked. We had, we, we had to learn that there were two other people in the car with him. We had to learn that his drug dealer was in the car with him. The other, the other random woman, we don't know who she was. And the narrative was, well, well, when they see black people, they, they, they hunt him and they hurt him. Well, what about those two people? What about those two black people who were in the car with them? If you watch the video, they literally talk to them for maybe 10 seconds and that's it. You, you, we never see them or hear from them again in the video. But that's what they do. That, that, that was, that was, that was, that was a, that was a meander 
away from, from what I'm trying to say. But when you are crowned the victim, and when they go down this path of uh, mandatory diversity and mandatory inclusion and make that the narrative, make that the focus, they can't turn back around. That's why I say the Democrats have a Kamala problem. Picking Kamala makes no political sense, no strategic sense. When I when I saw the announcement, I was stunned. Everyone was stunned. They said, why would they pick her? Kamala is wildly unpopular. Kamala has no base. She's not popular with blacks. She's not popular with women. She's not popular in the Democratic Party. I think here, in, just here in California, she was fifth. Fifth! She's horrible. She's wildly unpopular. But they said, you know what? Because this is the summer of love and it's the summer, it's the summer of the blacks. And we're asking ourselves if America's still sexist. Well, we're going to have to pick the black woman because that's the victim of the season. We have to pick a woman. And because of, you know, we, we, we have the, we have, we have the summer of BLM. Well, we, we have to pick the black woman. I mean, there is no other choice. Because then they say, well, if we pick, even if we pick a woman, then we can be like, oh, well, Joe Biden, he has that, he has a poor record on race, kind of. So people could get him on that and just be like, oh, why didn't, well, why didn't you pick Kamala? So they have to go down this path. And it's an absolute shame. Wokeness inclusivity, diversity, these things hurt you when you make them the focus. I don't have a problem with diversity. I don't have a problem with inclusion. But when you make that your number one goal, everything else suffers. And at, at a job, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if someone's gay or if they're black or if they're white or if they're trans. It doesn't matter. What matters is competence. Can you do the job? That's ultimately what should, what should be the, the focus. Not, well, well, uh, I'm looking around the office and there's not a lot of, not a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot of women here. Uh, we, we gotta get, we gotta get some women. I, folks, I don't know if you knew this, but in California, it is mandated. It is mandated. California mandates increased diversity on corporate boards. California has entered this public policy area by enacting SB 979, which requires California-based public companies to increase diversity through a phase-in phase in requirement by 2023. Approximately 35% of California company boards consist of all white members. So here's what's happening. The state is stepping in and saying, you don't have enough blacks. You don't have enough Hispanics. You don't have enough Asians. You don't have enough women. You don't have enough queers. You don't have enough transgenders. You don't have enough lesbians. Two years, two years before that, California mandated that at least one board member had to be a female. They are taking control and saying, you have to be diverse for the sake of diversity. Mm. This is what happens. They keep, they keep on pushing for more and they push further and they realize it's, it's, it's a runaway. It's, it's Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train. You can't control it. It's, it's out of control.
Once you go down this path, you cannot...